This is about something that lights your fire when nothing else will. This is the Mark Devine Show. This show, we're going to discover and dive in and discuss what makes the world's most inspirational, compassionate, and resilient leaders so courageous. Transform the nature and functioning of our own brain for the better. Go put your virtues in action. Be the best version of yourself. Life is a practice. Day by day, and get wiser and stronger and grow. How do you understand enough about your own mind and psychology and emotions and how you develop a reflective awareness practice to actually get in the driver's seat of your own mind? We go in-depth with people from all walks of life. Martial arts grandmasters, meditative monks, CEOs, military leaders, stoic philosophers, proud survivors, and more. Every episode turns our guest experience into actionable insights that you can learn from and lead a life filled with compassion and courage. I started putting all these little tools in my pocket, started to reflect a lot and meditate. There has to be a balance between movement and rest. It all starts with us. We cultivate these qualities in ourselves to become a beacon of life for others in the world. Please join us on the journey. The Mark Devine Show. Hoo-yah. Hey, we're all back. It's all happening right here. And I just want to say one thing, guys. Welcome to the party, pal. Oh, I forgot about you that. You missed that, didn't you? <laughs> Been missing that. Okay, uh, so Brad, I, I, I have to give you some love uh, with, with that. So... So uh, KNBFX, Howard Berger sent me a package. He's an old film buddy, you know, and uh, and he goes, he goes, here you go, pal. I'm like, oh, he's doing it too. So Howard Berger is a pal. He's a pal. Good. There, I, I can't believe how many people use I, I get it all the time in messages and stuff. Uh, hey, pal. And now on Winbrad stuff, people are coming on. They're going, hey, pal, I want to bid on this. I'm like, oh, my God. God. Uh, <laughs> hey, on today's episode, pal, <laughs> we're going to talk about uh, Forge GT3, when the new S650 is being launched. Um, I want to ask a question. Has overlanding finally jumped the shark and gone too far? And I'll tell you why I think that. Um, oh, Brad, that happened a long time ago. <laughs> Porsche and Red Bull, it looks like they have died. It looks like it's not going to happen in Formula One. Hey, Aaron, send me your T-shirt size and best mailing address. I'll send you some swag for my book, Your Way, pal. I like that. <laughs> nice. I like the response below where you said, Okay, I'm a, this size, Brad's this size, and Matt's this size. <laughs> so anyways, hey, um, we're also going to talk about, um, we're going to have a little bit of a discussion about the uh, 2022 F-150 Lightning that Matt has coming, because it's going to be in his driveway soon. So, um, but uh, no, we're going to also talk about, I want to get everybody's opinion. This isn't factual. It's more of our opinions about this whole EV only that's coming to California, and now other states are jumping on the bandwagon. So uh, it's all going to happen here today. And I pulled some questions from you guys. You're always messaging us on Shift and Steer, uh, Shift Steer Media on Instagram, and I pulled three really good messages, one for each of us. So we'll hit those at some point in the show. But before we get going. Let me tell you about Geico. <clears throat> do you own or rent your own home? Sure you do. It can be hard work. It's been a lot of hard work lately. Uh, you know what's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. 
Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com. That's G-E-I-C-O.com. It's easy. Geico easy. Racing rides, people, and places. With your host, Brad Banjo, Matt D'Andrea, and Aaron Hagar. New media for a new type of motorsport enthusiast. All right. So, um, on. Is this, is this mic working? Are we on? Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Right. yeah. Hello. Yeah. Testing, testing. Um, Hey, uh, so we talked on the last episode about Winbrad's stuff. We had the magazine throwdown. We had some fun, um, but I screwed up, you guys. I had fewer Uh-oh. people, and uh, there were two items. One was, I forgot it was opening night of the NFL, so uh-huh. we lost some people there. The other thing was, we have changed it to the Instagram page of Brad stuff. I have put the posts up. You guys have seen them. It's not here at Brad Fanshawe. It's over at Win Brad Stuff. And I still had people. I, I came off. We had fun. And there were some messages from some people. I thought you were doing a live auction tonight. I never saw it. And I'm like, well, because oh. you got to go to at Win Brad Stuff on Instagram now. We're trying to build that as the home so I can put stuff up and not make Bradley underscore Fanshawe so confusing. So that's all I'm going to say. Um, and, uh, you guys, you can each watch your, uh, mail, Matt and, uh, Aaron. Um, I don't have a check or anything. I wish I did. <laughs> I've got some win Brad stuff and bond speed stickers coming your way. Bond hey, speed and win Brad stuff stickers right. came in. So, uh, right. I'll drop one, uh, drop some in the mail to you guys. Um, that'd be fantastic. Throw some center caps in there too. I will. Ooh. When they get done. <laughs> When they get done. Hey, That's all right. It's um, not like that car's rolling around much these days anyway. Well, it's <laughs> funny you'd say that. And you know what? That's a good transition. Let's. I was going to do it later in the show, but let's go right into the questions from listeners. I Now, these have piled up for like four months, and I waited to get some good ones, and I pulled four good ones. And Matt, yours is the very first one. Yours was from Jim F. of Canton, Ohio. Uh, could that be Jim Farley? Um, Probably. Um, Jim F. <clears throat> which car is better, in your opinion, the your SAAC or the Cobra? Oh, the 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 Sack or the Cobra? Well, I would say the Sack versus Cobra. Um, my money's on the Sack. I. I think the Cobra is probably a little bit better dialed in being a factory car. Um, but it it doesn't really have quite the power of the SAC car. The SAC car got 
the original tubular GT40 intake, which is highly coveted now and is expensive. And then the Cobra got the cast version as a cost-saving method um, mm -hmm. and a few other things. So in my opinion, the SAC car. Now, the difference between the SAC car I have and the Cobra I have is the Cobra, of course, is highly modified, right? And right. the SAC car won't be touched. So It's more like a day um, two car, right? Yeah. So, you know, this one will be supercharged and big brakes and suspension and interior and uh, so that one ultimately will probably be the way more fun car to drive. But um, I thought the SAC car it was the better car. I was a little quicker, and I think its collectability in the long run is going to be better than the Cobra, other than the Cobra R model, right? Right. That's that's a, something else. Okay, yeah, the second part to his question. With... <laughs> <laughs> when will it be done? More? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, that's a good question. Let's see. I drove my sack car three miles, <laughs> and uh, in the past few years, I have not driven my Cobra at all. But. Did I drive it when I got it? I did. I got it in Arizona and I drove it around in Arizona for a bit. So I probably put 30 miles on the red car and three miles on the sack car, except the sack car I drove it two Recently. weeks ago. <laughs> hey, Matt, yeah. we should have, we should get my, my Baldwin Motion Vega and your Mustang and have a static drag race. Because neither <laughs> yeah. of them get driven. <laughs> Neither of them get driven. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. But, but things are slowly happening on the cars. You know. Yeah. Um. You know, my friend Chris Brown's been caps, coming over. If it had new bond speed center caps, you'd drive it. Right. That's what we're waiting for. Just the center caps and yeah. a bunch of other stuff. Because <laughs> otherwise, the wheel will fall off. Hey. Um, <laughs> okay. We're getting so, there. A couple little things have happened here and there. So, so the sack is the winner in your opinion between those two cars. I do think so, yeah. Okay. All right. The question for me was from Barry M. of, I hope I'm saying this right, Altoona, Pennsylvania? Do you guys know? Is it Altoona or Altoona? I don't know. Okay. I watched the last Winbrad stuff. Is that all really your stuff? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, it's yes. called Brad's stuff. <laughs> well, I, I've had it. people ask me, oh, you just go out and buy stuff and then bring it. Dude, I got a warehouse. I've got a building. I've got a container. Um, and I've got stuff here in California and in Arizona. I and, will. Like I even I put will up testify. <laughs> you. I will it, testify right? to this. And, and, and I've only gotten a glimpse of some of this stuff you have. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you a little story. Over the weekend, I was going through, sifting through stuff at my shop at home, and. I found one of those hard plastic um, containers with the oh, yeah. lid and it had zip ties on it. And I went, wow, what do I have in here? I cut the zip ties, opened it up, and it was my old matchbook collection that I forgot. Oh, I, I mean, God. I knew I had it somewhere, but I sent a picture to Matt. And uh, <laughs> Matt, it's, it's a lot of matchbooks, yeah. isn't it? And it's, a, a lot it's, of matchbooks. A, it's a lot of matchbooks. I and and I just thought it was like a junk drawer over the years. I didn't realize you were like <laughs> deliberately collecting these things. 
No, they're, they're, I mean, I used to, back when every single place you could go had a matchbook, you know, remember you'd walk in any yeah. place, barbershop, I mean, a That's grocery a store, everybody had matchbooks. I would walk in, or when I was in Vegas or Atlantic City, or no matter where I was, I'd go somewhere, you know, yeah. uh, Canfield, Ohio for the Super Nats or something. I would walk in places and just grab their matchbooks. Mm-hmm. And um, I used to have, unfortunately, it got broken when I moved. I had a hand-blown jar that I'd gotten somewhere. It was three feet around, and it was glass, and it was so cool. And I would throw them in there, and uh, you could kind of see them. But it got broken when I moved, and they all got put in this bin and zip-tied shut. But, Matt, that's – I know this won't be hard for you to believe, but that's not the only bin I have of matchbooks. And, um, yeah. I, you know, the hardest thing is how do you display them? Because they're, they're really unique art. When you get back to the 60s and 70s and – be. I mean, like even like I was going through some of them. I spent way too much time over the weekend. I should have been cleaning and organizing. I started laying them out and looking at them. And I've got them from like the Playboy clubs. You know, there used to be the play because some of them are my dad's. My dad started me on this. So a lot of them are from the 50s and 60s that he handed down to me. And he was a member of the Playboy club. And so I got all these cool Playboy club ones. And then Rick who works for me. You guys know Rick. You know, he's big into tiki's, so I've started looking through and there's all these tiki ones, you know. Wow, how uh, cool. It's just it's really cool and the art is just incredible. And then you look at some of the um places like this one had this really great artwork on it. It was called Marvelous Marv's Chicago, Illinois. I'd never heard of it. So I plunk it in on Google and it says Marvelous Marv's at one time was on the 14th floor of the something tower in Chicago and every band that came through would kind of make their way through there and kind of jam on stage. And it was like really known and it went out of business. And, uh, and I was just like, that is so much history on those things. Cool. Cool stuff. Um, That's Aaron, a quick, quick thought for you though. Yeah. yeah go uh, ahead, Aaron. Uh, uh, real quick on that. Uh, I was visiting uh, a, a gentleman, I think in Arizona, actually, and uh, he he took me to his warehouse with all of his you know stuff and uh, it it was a it was on an Indian casino land because he was an owner he was one of the tribes owner and uh, and he had a really cool match collection and he had like these big tall glass cylinders I think they were about twelve inches wide if I remember okay. but they were like like five or six feet tall and I think he had four of them on on and on every corner of his little living space and in, in, in the loft there. And they were floor to ceiling, you know, full of, of, of matchbooks. Each one of these glass cylinders was full of matchbooks. And I think they were 12. And they could have been wider because the proportions were off because they were so tall. But it was really neat because literally they were full to till about five inches from the top. I mean, with with matchbooks. And he had been collecting, you know, because they had all casinos and all that stuff. So he had collected. And I think he bought some collections. And But I mean, just massive. And, and there were towers that that's probably the most impressive display of volume, at least I've ever seen, but it's really cool. You know, it's a cool, it, it it's really cool is. And when yeah. you start separating them, like I, when I was going through them, anything Vegas, like a casino, a yeah. hotel, a restaurant, I started putting yeah. in one box. Yeah. And then anything automotive. Cause I have like old speed shop matches, oh. uh, moon eyes mm-hmm. matches, um, 
And then I completely forgot. And I found, I've only found a few so far, but I forgot that some bands would do, and they would do like when they had a new album coming out, the matchbook was their album cover. And I have like three of those, which are really cool. You know, it's, uh, that's cool. Much cooler than stamps. Much cooler. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Well, I, you know what I was thinking? Because the nature of the matchbooks has kind of gone away the way it folds over and tucks in again. You could take your your best ones and run a fishing line through them, hang a bunch yeah. like on a wall or on. in a frame. You know, like you could even, there yeah, you there you go. There's a Cabo Wabo <laughs> one. And, uh, you know, you could hang a bunch, you know, in a frame or on a wall or something around, you know, somewhere kind of neat. Yeah, and I'm sure... Yeah. Go through the thousands that I have, figure out which ones, and then kind of do something with them. Because yeah. I'm, I'm sure somebody's done. I'm sure somebody's done like big coffee table or yeah. a conference room table, laid them all out, put glass over it, kind of you know cut it out with my, wood. My wife said yeah. she wanted me to do a coffee <laughs> table for our living room with all of my strip <laughs> club matches. Oh, yeah, yeah. she thought that'd be really classy. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> okay, so Barry's second half of his question was, "Will I be selling any car parts?" And uh, yes, at some point. Right now, we're experimenting. We did the magazine throwdown; that was an experiment. Um, and I'm trying to get a lay of what sells, what doesn't. And it seems like so far, people love my like kind of rare collectible stuff that you can't just find anywhere else. But I think we'll do some special auctions where it's like one week it's all car parts, one week it's all BMX stuff because I've had a lot there of people you. ask me about BMX stuff, and yeah. uh, you know we'll see. Um, so, what are you gonna um, do what, seven years from now when you when you run out of stuff to sell? Yeah. Um, you <laughs> guys know me. While I'm getting rid of stuff out one door, new stuff's coming in the door. Yeah. You know how I am. I, and you're I on. Said, you're on kind of a. You're on, you're on kind of a BMX kick these days. So. Yes, I've been acquiring BMX bikes and yeah. <laughs> I just acquired a uh, a uh, a '79 Schwinn Scrambler, which was one of their very first non-stingray, you know, BMX wow. racing frames, and uh, and uh, I, I got that one and uh, missed out on some other ones, but um, wow, they're really getting pricey. I mean really pricey stuff yeah. but uh um the uh i did find something the other day i showed it last night on winbrad stuff that you guys i'll have to send you a picture after the show i found a box that i had that was like reinforced and was taped up and said fragile fragile i'm like i wonder what i got in here and i opened it up and i mean it's huge it's like 4 feet by three feet and it is a from the 70s i acquired this like in the 80s and it is silk screen on cloth it's a art it's a piece of art that i bought it's the john player formula one car with mario andretti driving and it's this german artist that would silk screen the cloth and then stretch it over a frame and i found this um in Scottsdale back in the back in like the eighties or something before I moved to California. And I had it up for a while. And then when I moved, I packaged it up all real carefully. I went, Oh yeah, 
I should have. It's hanging out oh, front now. It's, yeah, that's it's, a now cool it's hanging piece, in though. my entryway because it's yeah. so cool. But wow. um, you know, you gotta sometimes tear everything apart to find what you got. Okay, it sounds like out. you don't label anything. Well, it said fragile. <laughs> I knew it was French, so you knew it was Italian. Yeah, no, it's not fragile. It's not artist. It's the the artist, uh, Carlos uh, Fragile. Yeah, <laughs> fragile. Um. Fragile. Yeah, what, fragile. what movie was that from? Um, Carlotta Fragile. It was with Christmas the story. Christmas story. Yeah, the lamp. The lamp yeah. that came. The lamp. Yes, yeah. this is from France or something because it's fragile. Um, okay, Aaron. Cindy W. from St. Louis, Missouri wants to know, does your dad work on his own cars or does he have a guy that takes care of his collection? Well, I would say guys, plural. Uh, no, d- d- dad doesn't work on his cars. He, he, I haven't even, I, I think dad and I washed uh, his Corvette after we drove it from, from Marin to, to LA. Uh, that was the first time we washed a car together since I was a kid. Um, you know, dad, dad doesn't service his collection. Uh, he has a detailer come in and, and detail it from time to time. He's got a couple mechanics uh, trying to keep things running uh, full time. But um no, you know, d- dad's kind of a funny collector. As I've gotten older and, and started to curate, you know, like what I really love, and I'm starting to curate kind of a little collection that, that, that I want to hold on to, um, I've been looking at things and, and, and maintenance things and detail things. And it's like, dad, dad doesn't have any of that. It's like he just has a concrete floor and a warehouse. You know, he doesn't have any temperature control in there. He doesn't have good lighting he doesn't have, you know, a polished floor. He, I mean, I got him a bunch of C-Techs. A, a, a C-Tech uh, was generous enough to give us a, a, a battery maintenance for all of his vehicles. Um, and those are all hooked up on random, you know, extension cords, even some that probably shouldn't be run as far as they're run. And, uh, and, and even his, like, big battery charger is, like, from the 70s. I mean, it's like he's totally not into, like, this is my collection and I celebrate it. They're just cars that he loves that he's collected over the years. And he's really, he's really pretty basic as far as like maintaining or showcasing the collection. It's, it's uh, he doesn't do anything himself. He's so busy. Um, I, I wish he did. I remember a couple of years ago for father's day, I, I, I put together a Swiss tracks floor in the corner and, and a craftsman toolbox with all these tools. And <laughs> I think he looked through the drawers once and he's like, is there any gum in here? You know, <laughs> that's about it. Right. He's not, he said, yeah. he said, Aaron, you didn't put a Sammy's beach bar rum sticker on this man. What's wrong yeah. with you? <laughs> Cause he didn't have any, cause he doesn't like to make stickers. Um, um, I'm frustrated the way he, he, he doesn't manage his, his merch line. It's like, dad, you got <laughs> stickers and some of the basics, man. It's like, nah, t-shirts at the concert. That's all we need. You know, so, <laughs> I, we, I, I know we do the opposite over here. Cause you mentioned the C-Tech chargers, which I have them too. And they're great. But if I have to run a long extension and I go two extension cords long, I always make sure that my extension cords are the matching gauge. I don't go to yes. a 10 gauge to a 15, you know, Good rule. like if I'm going, if I'm going 12 gauge, I'm going 12 all the way, you know, use, like use one it, of those little Brown ones that you used to run ex- your lamp in the house. Exactly. Man. Dad's got some of the white ones running around the, <laughs> the house. I mean, geez, dad. Yeah. But on, it, it is so funny. What you're describing is almost Michael Anthony to a T because it's oh. like, 
it's like now I will say every once in a while, I mean, Mike is more hands-on with his cars. You know, he'll yeah. he'll clean his cars. He'll, you know, he's called me before and said, Hey Brad, I'm trying to do this on the hot rod, you know. Um, which means usually is a code for could you come over? Yeah, um, you know, and uh, but yeah. um but as far as he's got this beautiful building, he's got the beautiful floors, it's all painted really nice and everything. But and I've said to him, I said, I said, Mike, when when he first you know, got it. And we had, you know, cars over there. I was like, okay, man, we dial this thing in, you know, make it look so cool. And like you said, kind of curate it. And he's like, yeah, well now it's got two lifts. He's got his motor coach in there and the cars are just here, there and everywhere with extension cords going to them. Uh-huh. And, and then on the other end, it's all his equipment, his touring equipment. And so I went over one time and I said, okay, I'm dressing this place out. And we had giant banners that were like 15 feet by 15 feet that were on the side wow. of our trade show booth in Switzerland. And uh, and they're like Bond Speed watches, Bonneville watches, and then a Bonneville, or I mean a Bond Speed wheel one. And I hung them up and uh, on the walls. And he was like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, I'll tell you, it drives me nuts because... You know, I, 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 I treasure those cars. I have memories with those cars, most of them. And uh, I would love to go down there and keep them clean, keep them tidy, keep the air system in there so the, so the temperature's stable, um, keep the dust down, and, and just and, and do the same thing. Dress the room and, and dress the cars, you know, if he's not going to drive them you know, to, to elevate them so they're not, you know, sitting on the tires and flat spotting and, and, uh, you know, all that important stuff that you have to do to a valuable collection. Dad's got some really valuable cars. Yeah, he's got some nice and, cars. And, and they're just sitting, and it breaks my heart. I mean, of course, I'd love to drive them and exercise them as they should be. But um, he's not really interested in having me even do that. And it, it just breaks my heart. It's not a trust thing. It's just that he doesn't ever want me to be in a position of, well, maybe it was Aaron. You know, you know, something happened and maybe it was Aaron. And and I really appreciate that. Um, but uh, at the same time, you know, it's more important to me that those things are preserved because of his, his, if his experience with some of his cars is starting to decline. They're always broken. They're not running. They're leaking. That He just spent 40 grand having an engine rebuilt. And now it's, you know, he can't drive it because it, it's spewed oil and now it's apart again. And it's like his experience with some of these cars is, is really diminishing and and so he's like, I, I'm just going to sell it. And I'm like, good, you can't sell that. That's an iconic car. And, you know, that's you should, you, that needs to stay in the collection. And it's really special. And it's part of, you know, three other things that you have. It kind of makes sense to keep it, you know, in a bundle. And, you know, he's, he's just, he's kind of losing interest. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's starting to spook me a little bit. No. I mean, I get it when it's frustrating like that and you keep running yeah. into those issues. I mean, yeah, but I, he's not around to drive him. You know, he lives in Florida yeah. now and he lives in Dana Point now and Marin is just kind of there. So so we're sitting here in a bunch of smoke and I'm thinking maybe I'll go back down to Marin um, and wait it out because we, we've got fires. We're sitting in smoke North. down here, too. What's it like? We're oh, here yeah, at? you got San Diego, which is twice the size. Well, of we've got place. no just on the other side of the mountain from me is. Uh, Oh, there's one in Arrowhead too, huh? And no, well, we have Arrowhead, but what am I trying to think? Over in the Inland Empire, um, and uh, it's literally the mountain that's between us. And it, I got up yesterday morning, 
and my cars were covered with ash. Oh, uh, yeah, all our cars yeah. were covered with ash. So, yeah, but, but, you know, uh, but yeah, so, so your dad's not hands-on. Yeah. He takes them for maintenance. Not at all. But, you know, you can't understand that. I mean, I had a lot more cars at one time, and that time I took, like, you know, nine or ten cars at the same time to Barrett-Jackson. Because at a point, you go, you look at them and you go, I love those cars, but I don't drive them. And yep. and things happen. Like you said, yep. oh, it sat. So now, like I had one where the tail shaft started up, put it in drive, and it sat so long that when the drive shaft spun, the uh, the the transmission seal spun with it. Oh. Um, and, you know, dumps everything out the back. And you go, God, you know, you just get, you go, okay. Let somebody else, because if that's their only car, it'll get maintained. Yep. And, and, you know, and after a fact, well, hey, from the fire last year, I kind of came to that realization as well. And I've been letting a lot of stuff go, although I just got two new two I can minis. see that. I got two more minis, but, you know, they're minis. They, they take up 10 square feet. Uh, two of them take up 10 square feet. So, you know. Yeah. I I How could much just, room I could do find three Isettas take? <laughs> they take up uh, t- 10 by 12. <laughs> no, excuse me. Five, five. No, let's see. They take up five, fifteen, fifteen square feet. No. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> no, they're, no. They're, they're they're four by five feet. A mini is five by ten feet. So, yeah. Anyway, not much space. They could. <laughs> so you're saying that three Isetas take up the room of one seventy-one El Camino? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, actually, <laughs> it, it would be four Isetas, but yeah. <laughs> um, hey. Let's let's get into some of the stuff we talked about because we've been chatting and uh, we're going to run out of time. Matt, I'm sure you're up on this uh, debut of the S650 Mustang. The is it the seventh generation? Yeah. So I mean, there's not a whole lot that's out there, but the rumor mill was: Are we going to get hybrid? Are we going to get EV at some point? Are we going to get all-wheel drive? And there's a few things that we learned: like uh, EV is probably not going to happen. Um, real soon because we have the Mustang Mach-E. We already have the EV version of it. Um, and it seems like hybrid's probably not in the cards. I think they're going to uh, give us one last hurrah with 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 a gas engine car. So they have a little bit of time. They have a few years. Um, so if the life cycle is roughly five years out of these cars, then uh, the S650 uh, is probably going to retain the five liter engine and the EcoBoost engine, and then we'll see if we get anything else um, other than that. But, uh, you know, I would I would expect one last round uh, of this. Um, the EcoBoost, the V8s, um, probably some performance variants of the car um, over the next uh, couple of years and before it starts really shifting to, you know, more of an EV world. It's starting to look like in the car world with this multiple debut of cars with Dodge, you know, where they're they're doing all this. It makes me think of like when Kiss retired, you know, it just keeps (laughs) happening. It just keeps happening. Or the Rolling Stones or, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. In four years, they go, hey, we're just going to do a special edition car, you know, or something like that. But um, now (laughs) the GT3 race Mustang that Ford's going to campaign I read they're also going to build 20 models for race teams that they can buy and campaign. Uh, yes, but this isn't really, you know, like 
too new. Like Ford and Chevrolet have both done a pretty good job with like the Cobra Jet drag cars and the Copo Camaros and some of the turnkey oh, sure, yeah. racing cars. And uh, so I always thought that was kind of a, a pretty good program to have these turnkey race cars available. Um, even even Dodge has said they're going to have their body in white available for like five grand or seven grand or something or a full rolling chassis uh, racing car available as well. So I think it's I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I think it's great. And they're going to do a, a GT4 for the Australian market because they have what they call the supercar series. So they're going to have that. So, you know, Ford's staying really involved and doing a lot. And uh, are you, you got to be know their CEO likes to race. Yeah, I am excited for the new one. And I am curious to see what they do. I don't think it's going to be a leaps and bounds difference between what we currently have. So I'm not, I'm not too concerned with like, you know, trading in the Mach 1 and getting the latest and greatest version. I, I like the Mach 1 and I think it's going to be something special. Now it's evolved into this, to this big build that's going to be at the SEMA show this year, which I'm looking forward to. Uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting. It's involved into what? What did you say? It's evolved into this build for the SEMA show, my Mustang Mach 1. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I, I see. Your Mustang. Okay, yes. Yeah, so yeah. It's so going it to be from, in the booth for the uh, carbon fiber company, right? Yeah, for Anderson Composites. And okay. they're going to have a big booth with a bunch of different cars and trucks there. Cool. I forgot that was a Mach 1. For some reason, I keep thinking it's a Boss. A Mach sorry. 1. I yeah, the, the, the Boss they haven't different. done for a while. And then they did the Bullet and then the Mach 1. Right. But okay. it's a cycle they've done a couple of times now. Again, I can't remember which KISS tour was the final tour, but, you know. <laughs> Listen, I was just at... No, it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened yet. So, I just, um, like, I just popped into the stadium tour with uh, Def Leppard and Molly Crew. And I Morgan, saw that, yeah. And, um, and the dude, like, two rows in front of me was wearing, like, the 2015 Motley Crew farewell, definitely the last tour ever, never going on. Like the whole back of his shirt was like every way to say it's done. It was like farewell, definitely ended, never again. Oh, that's Did so funny. And I was like, I get it. I mean. Yeah, but in micro are. print on the back inside the collar, it says, unless we're offered a bunch of money. That's right. Uh, little, little asterisk. And go, we well, need a bunch of money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah if we need a bunch of money. Um, hey, you know, anyway. we said at the top of the show, I posed a question. I said, uh, has overlanding gone too far? Right. And uh, Aaron said it already happened. But Aaron, <laughs> I don't know if you saw this, but Porsche just announced a factory rooftop tent for 911 and Caymans. Well, now, now I, I can top that. Have you seen Lamborghini's new Safari model that they're planning on coming out with? Right, but that's years? a Safari model. This is for just a regular one. And one of the things it says uh, right off the top is that, uh, note, if this is on top of your car, do not exceed 80 miles an hour. Yeah, so 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 there's uh, like roof racks and rooftop tents and all this that there was a misconception that you know, like the weight limits were were moving weight limits and they're actually static weight limits. So what happens is, is people, you know, there's an increased weight limit 
for static because you open it and you get in it and, and et cetera, et cetera. But when you're driving, it's much less and people don't realize that. So now they're having to print out, you know, it's all, do not exceed this weight, you know, static or driving or whatever. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a funny thing. Um, it got very popular and people weren't educated. So, you know, now you have to plain fact this stuff out. But, you know, uh, I think it's a cool idea because there's a lot of neat products out there and they're getting branded, you know, with, with things like Porsche now or, or whatever. And, uh, and, and Porsche gets an opportunity to design. They get an opportunity to put, you know, the right weight capacity and right, you know, uh, uh, a unit on their roof. Um, and I think people are doing, taking premium vehicles. There's a big scene now where people are taking Porsche Cayennes and overlanding them. They're raising them. They're putting, you know, uh, rooftop stuff on them. They're putting uh, uh, brush guards and it, it's badass. And my friend Colby and I kind of did what we think was the first one uh, like five, five, six years ago. And, uh, and, and we were prototyping on his and then I sold mine because his just looks so that's good. that's an SUV. It's not That's a 911. A, yeah. And, but, and but, I know we've seen the Safari 911s, but yeah. Porsche showed it on a bone stock nine or on a Cayman. And, and they say, don't go over 80 miles an hour. And here's the other thing with that. You brought up weight limits. The awesome. weight limit for the tent is 309 pounds. So that means <laughs> you and pesto. Okay. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. No, no, me, me and my wife would work, but me and my wife and Pesto probably would just. Probably would, yeah. Pesto, Pesto is Pesto is the uh, the deal breaker. Yeah, you gotta sit in the car. Well, well, well you know, uh, a, a friend of mine, Brian, who, who owns uh, a, a North uh, Rovers Northwest or Northwest Rovers, he um, uh, he's been running a, an E, or not an E, an R fifty six or R fifty three Mini Cooper with a rooftop tent. He's been overlanding in that. Two-wheel drive, not even the all four. Oh no, I take that back. It is. It, it's a countryman, all four. He's been overlanding that for you know a decade or more uh, with a rooftop tent. That little car. Uh, How much I did see his a lot rooftop of... tent cost? Oh, his is expensive because he's a he he, he he's okay, a. What's what's he, expensive? He, what do you think I, it costs? I think there's six or seven grand for okay, his tent. Okay, because this one is six grand. It's like yeah, 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 yeah. And it might be the same company that that's making these tents. Uh, I, I think, guys, I sent you a really fancy carbon fiber tent. What was it, eighty grand or something insane? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I mean, uh, a good one is expensive because let me tell you, the, the 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 cheap ones, as accessible as they are for the experience, man, they rattle, that they, they're rickety. You know, the, the 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 fabric and joints don't hold up. Um, and man, God forbid you get a little breeze, all of a sudden that thing is just shaking and rattling and keeping you up all night. So it really is important to get premium products that are going to last, unless you just I got, eat for I a got trend. Some a surf rack, an old surf rack from the '80s, piece of half inch plywood that I zip tied to it, and I put a tent on top of it. It works just fine. I mean, <laughs> come on, um, <laughs> and that rack is here anyway, <laughs> and I can go a hundred miles an hour, man. Um, and it's that, flapping that behind will me. Be available for, it'll be available for purchase on Winbred's. There you stuff. go. There you go. And uh, um, in two weeks on Thursday. Hey, uh, <laughs> um, we found out this week that uh, Queen Elizabeth died, and yeah. I just wanted to bring up an interesting factoid about her, just in remembrance that in World War II, 
she was a mechanic. Um, they, that it said that, um, she was 19 and she wanted to enlist and her parents were like, there's absolutely no way it took her like a year and she talked them into it. She enlisted and she went into mechanic school and, um, she worked on trucks and, uh, pretty cool. It's, uh, and they also said that, um, she loved to drive which we'd heard before, but she taught even at her age, her grand, her grandchildren, how to drive. So, oh, wow. Kind of neat. Kind of neat. But, uh, well, yeah. Oh, that's very cool. I, I'm, I'm looking up uh, uh, Queen Elizabeth and Minnie Cooper. I, I remember, uh, uh, there it is. So, so, so there's a great picture. Oh, no, no, never mind. It, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a it's a dummy, but I remember there was a picture when I was growing up, and it was her with this Mini Cooper, and I was cracking up because because uh, my uncle had it uh, as a poster on his wall, and I'm trying to find it now. I, I can't find it. It, it might have been fabricated at the time, and I believed it as a kid. But uh, uh, I, I was going to make a post yesterday with the Mini Coopers and, and Queen Elizabeths because uh, you know just just in in, in tribute because she she was she was a car lady. She liked uh, she was her, which is very cool. And, yeah, yeah. Hey, we've got about 10 minutes, guys, um, maybe a little less. But I wanted to bring up a fact, a discussion, and that is California's law that now we're seeing being translated to other states um, about EV cars only being sold. And um, as as recently as 2025, uh a large percentage of only electric vehicles. And the first question I have for you guys is, what do you think about that? And and then I'm going to ask you, do we even have the infrastructure? We've talked about that here on the show. Do we have the grid? And not just here, but elsewhere. And then it, it comes down to that question, are we really ready for this? Or are we being pushed into it and people are going to regret it? And how is that going to affect gas-powered cars? Because we're already seeing here in uh, California, I think it's Alameda County, they have banned gas stations. And so as gas stations close and they can't build any new ones, that's going to limit the cars that are on the road. So that's ridiculous. What, what's... So I'm going to hog it. So Matt, you go first. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, I mean, there's a couple thoughts here and each one of these could be an hour-long show so exactly. uh, we'll, we'll keep it short but um by and large this big push for ev by the government the agencies epa carb um it's it's it really feels more about winning elections and a little less about clean air um yep. i had yes. just interviewed I had just interviewed this week David Borla from Borla Exhaust, a good friend of ours, a friend of the show, mm-hmm. and his debacle with the EPA and them going after him and finding, you know, and trying to bust him for this and that and finding stuff or making exhaust systems. And he was like, during the entire time, all the meetings, months and months, never once did they mention clean air. They just want money. It was all a money grab. And yep. I don't know if you guys saw, but this new um, sculpture out in front of the CARB offices are fossilized gas pumps. They spent <laughs> a half a million dollars 
just to just to show anybody walking into that building how much they hate you, you know gasoline that's fuel. been going on so, since the 70s you know yeah. now i i i wasn't going to mention names um but but yeah up in monterey when i sat down at the dinner with a bunch of the ford executives and sat there with jim farley i couldn't help but ask him and go EV, is this really the solution? This doesn't feel like the solution for all the concerns we're talking about. There's no infrastructure. There's no way to store power, especially in California. Like, what are we doing? And and is it really cleaner, you know, and on the back end? And he was just like, hell no. He was like, I, I get it. We're, we're doing this now. And there's some things we like about the EV vehicles, the performance and stuff. But his biggest gripe was, all the dependency we have on the Middle East for fuel, we're going to be shifting that to China for the raw materials for batteries. He goes, yeah. nothing is going to change. The rare Nothing's earth going metals to change. and the chips and all that. And yeah. he asked me, he asked me a question. I'll ask you guys. He said, if you wanted to do any sort of mining for lithium here in the United States, take a guess how long just to get the permits from the government to do it. If you were a new car company and you wanted to create batteries, take four a decades, four decades at least. <laughs> what do 20. you think, Aaron? Yeah, yeah, twenty. It's 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 ten years. Ten years <laughs> just just to start, just wow. to start doing it right, uh, and it and it brought up a discussion which we can have later. It was like, well, what what else should we be looking at? He's like, we're already looking. We're looking more into hydrogen. And I was yeah. like, what about the e-fuels, the, the synthetic stuff that Porsche has been developing? And I think maybe it's Mazda or somebody. And he's like, I, he goes, I like what they're doing. They're going to test it in the racing program. There's definitely some thoughts there. But I think this whole push for EV, we'll get some cool cars out of it. But I don't know that it's sustainable in the long no. run because it kind of went backwards. It's like we're forcing everybody to get electric cars. But then we as a people are going to end up forcing all of this infrastructure that is so far away. It's like everything is, you know, solar power and everything else, which is all good. It's just we're just so far away from having that infrastructure. I mean, yeah. those of you not in California, you we're getting this Amber the- Alerts on our phone going, right. don't use power between four and nine. They're using, yeah, right. we're so desperate to, to not use electricity that it's an Amber alert on your phone every day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, yeah. you said it on the front side. It's been politicized. And yeah. uh, what happened was what began as talking points just snowballed and got more and more to where it became this big thing. They never thought through all of the different things we do you remember when we heard on the news all this about nuclear energy and the and the the spent fuels and they were trying to in nevada put that underneath a mountain and uh you know they spent hundreds of millions of dollars building this underground storage facility that never got to be used well actually it got to but then it got stopped what do you think is going to happen with all these spent electric batteries you know because there's nothing to do with there there's no recyclables and uh, we really need to start looking at h fuels because h fuels um 
are, are really, uh, you know, they, they're renewable and they don't put off much emissions at all. You're familiar yeah. with the H fuels, right? Hydrogen fuels? No, no, no. The hamster fuels. Oh. You put the wheel inside <laughs> oh, and... Brad's uh, joke. Brad's joke. <laughs> no, and, and, and not to be redundant, but yeah. It, it really boils down to infrastructure footprint, you know, and obviously all this that's laden waste. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of hybrids, but uh, I, I think the reality is if, if it's if you're going to start a new industry and, and build a, a, a nasty relationship with a with a big foreign empire like China and just give them more power and clout in the world. It's absolutely foolish, and they're pushing some damn stupid agenda for 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 whatever, and it's wrong. I mean, we already have a very solid infrastructure for fossil fuels. Let's replace the fossil fuels with Brad, like you said, a synthetic fuel, so that we already use what's in place. We already use the cars we already have. Stop making disposable cars that we're going to throw away and start up with this new electric revolution. It, it's not the answer, and it really pisses me off that it's being pushed so heavily in California as a deadline. And I don't think it's a law, right? It's 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 in it's in in motion. No, it's, but it's they passed it. They passed it. Oh, crikey, I tell you, it's. it's I don't it's know a, the specifics, Matt. Um, is it a twenty twenty five? A third of all cars sold by dealerships have to be electric, and bullshit. by twenty thirty, all. It's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. yeah. But here, let me, okay, really? now let's go past that. They say it's, by 2025. I, I think it's 2035. Yeah, 2035. And they say no right now. new car sold after 2035 yeah. can be gas powered. Okay, yeah. but I'm going to be the prognosticator here and make a prediction, which is they say right now they're not going to outlaw gas-powered cars. I think there will be. And oh, of course there, there will be some kind of a, uh, you know, like a loophole for collectibles so you can drive them to shows and stuff. But maybe the way I they're it. going, I really think a lot of these people and these politicians want to absolutely outlaw them and, yep. uh, and just say, no, we don't want ridiculous. them. Absolutely Which, ridiculous. Absolutely. I mean, what if it got more convoluted than that what if it was like you had to register in a certain way improve miles and you're and they were limited on miles and then it relegates all gas engine cars to some sort of collectible status uh you know there's you know and and it just it's weird and they will probably tax you a great deal for having it and you'll probably have to have a car license like a gun license yeah you it's know, <laughs> hey, we're going to do a car really? check on you and see if you can pass. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, look, I, 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 you know, I would say it was if it was about emissions and clean air, then I would say it's about emissions and clean air. But this is but not about that. No. Yeah. It's yeah. politics it's about, and it's money. And yeah. Brad, you're absolutely right. That what they will do is they will just make owning or driving a gas powered car more and more expensive yeah because it's just about money and anybody who has money gets rules if you don't really have money there's no rules in california that's at a point only criminals will be car owners yeah and and i was (laughs) just gonna say that they're they're already shaming us about driving gas cars electric people shame gas people 
Yes. Yeah. Damn these so, Tesla. It's a whole classification uh, of people. Yeah. Well, so no, he's cyborgs. The mentality, you know, is is that you know, shame on you for driving a gas powered car. It's like, hey, fuck you. My mini gets forty four miles per gallon. Okay. So yeah. you know, it's like that's not so bad, and it's a nineteen sixty. So you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's it just yeah, makes yeah. Me, absolutely makes me nuts. No, it's it, it really is. It's a big when they put these dates on it. Yeah, that's when you go, wow, this is happening fast and it's really moving. And yep. we bring it up here on the show, not only as a discussion point, but if you love cars, you really got to think about it because yep. it's about who you put in office. Because yep. uh, you know, you might have views on one thing, but it's transportation. And if you th- really Let's let's get down to the nitty gritty. What happens is, from a political standpoint, if you really go down the rabbit hole, it's not about emissions, as Matt said. It's not about clean air. It's really about getting you out of your individualistic vehicle where you have the choice to go where you want, when you want, and yeah. putting you in mass transportation so that you're in with the groove, literally in the groove. Yeah. And, you know, you're not going to go, man, you know what? I'm going to jump in my truck, go out to the desert and just hang out under the stars. It'll be, well, you can take train five and with a group of 500 other people, take uh, an electric shuttle out to the desert. That's not the same thing. You're not going to go to the drag strip. You're not going to be able to go to the beach when you want. You're not going to be able to tell your employer that "Ah, my car broke down on the way to work and you're really having (laughs) something else going on. Well, if, if, if that's going to be the means, Brad, then fucking do a better job with public transportation in California. Yeah, well, that's I mean, not going to happen either because they're not exactly. organized. We you can't even get roads to organize. Back. It's not going to happen. I know. So it's like, you know, there's bigger problems to solve. It's just it's just part of a, of a big agenda for whatever it is. And it's So sucks. we announce here today, this is our big announcement, the Shift and Steer Party, which is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which will be at the abandoned Ford factory. It uh... yes. <laughs> but uh, um, you know, uh, we'll we'll bring up more yeah. as we get more information. But when I saw other states, did you guys hear what happened in Virginia? By the way, uh-huh. uh, the Republican governor is pissed. The Democratic legislature that was in one administration before him, they kind of surreptitiously like didn't take a vote on it. They mirrored California's emissions laws. So everything California does, they, by law now, have to do. So when we announce this, 30 days later, he gets a notification saying that, oh, yeah, we're doing this also. We got to start guarantors. He goes, like, what do you mean? He's the governor and didn't know it. And so he says, no, we're going to go back in and try and turn this over. But it's already been passed. So going backwards, it's hard. And now with these other states doing it, it really, you know, it's, it's, uh, think about this. Even if you live in a state where they don't do it, what happens if you want to get in your gas powered car and go on a nationwide trip and you have to go through two or three states that don't allow gas powered cars? Trip just got longer. And it's going to be, it's going to be weird, but to give you <laughs> yeah. a little peek behind the curtains, you guys should go back and uh, listen to that interview with David Borla. But he pointed out that the EPA and CARB, not elected officials, and are not, don't really have rules and laws to abide by that, that we're 
they can come up with any fee they want for anything that they want, any quote unquote violation that they want with no uh-huh. recourse at all. They can just, oh, gee, it they sounds can like just the FCC, it. doesn't it? <laughs> and how they've regulated people, you know, I mean, yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, I know <clears throat> we're wrapping up. Yeah, but, we got to wrap uh, it up. Okay. So one last thought, this is not related to anything we just spoke about. Okay. We have a lot of drag racing fans. We're drag racing fans. This just popped up, but um, I don't know if you guys knew this, but um, Jags, uh, a company we love, the Jags family, they've been on the show before. Um, I believe that they got uh, a big private equity buyout, um, yes, maybe they did. for like half or so of the company earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And now that that is starting to settle, it looks like the rumor mill is Troy Coughlin Jr. is going to lose his Jags sponsorship, the new powers of be at Jags will not be in drag racing anymore. And I don't know oh, what no. else they, they plan on on cutting. Uh, so the longtime family Jeg's name may not be in drag racing unless, of course, the team finds another sponsor. It will no longer be the famous black and, and yellow Jeg's car. That's but the I rumor. think we we'll saw that works. writing on the wall when Woody left to go to the other team. The that, second I saw Woody... <laughs> say that he was leaving Jags, which was literally maybe within 30 days past the transaction, I said, all right, he's going down to elite performance. Jags is getting out of racing because the new owners don't see it as a viable spend of the money, you know? Yeah, now it doesn't mean Troy's not going to race. doesn't mean they're not going to have a team. It just means Jags will no longer be sponsoring the car. That's right. the rumor. So anyway, so I just get a sponsor and um Yeah, yeah. So. And if it's, it's under a thousand bucks, Bond Speed Wheels is in. Just I was going to say, right. Matt, uh, how's Bravago doing? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, uh, Bravago on one side, Bond Speed on the other, thousand bucks. Okay. I'll, 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 I got five hundred for that. I'm in. I'm in for half. <laughs> I, hey, uh, um, Matt, tell them where they can find us uh, on demand. Yes, um, of course. Always appreciate you guys listening. Check us out at shiftandsteer.com, Shift Steer Media on social media, which most of you have found. Um, but don't follow Bradley underscore Fanshawe if you want his shit. You got to go to Win Brad stuff. That's right. <laughs> follow Thank that you. on. Go go to that account on uh, on on Instagram, Instagram and um and then you can find me at at Motorator. Aaron, you can find me all over the internet just under Aaron Hagar and the Rat Runners Garage for an outdated website. <laughs> and Matt just uh, gave you where you can find me, but I do want to announce one thing that's pretty exciting is September twelfth. Uh, the new show that I'm on debuts nationwide. It's called I Crime with Elizabeth Vargas. Uh, she was NB, or Nightly News and uh, 2020. And uh, it's all these crazy videotaped crimes. I'm the automotive expert. So what happens is they show me a video of somebody doing something ridiculous or doing a crime that involves an automobile or a truck or a dump truck or a bus or a tow truck, whatever. And uh, I comment on it. How, why could they have avoided it? Blah, blah, blah. It's called I crime. Check your local <laughs> listings. It begins September 12th and it's going to be everywhere. Yeah. Good. Good. Good awesome. job. Thanks. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening be- to shift and steer. Be safe out there.
you like this show, also listen to Man Seeks Adventure and Dixon's Wild Ride. You can find Man Seeks Adventure at manseeksadventure.com. Do you own or rent your own home? Sure you do. It can be hard work. It's been a lot of hard work lately. Uh, You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com. That's G-E-I-C-O.com. It's easy. Geico easy.